Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you for what was supposed to be the final weekend of the regular season in the British Basketball League, and to all intents and purposes was, because pretty much everything was decided this week. But we'll start back on Wednesday night, first of all. And uh, what could have been a title decided, but it turned out not to be, the London Lions 86, the Leicester Riders uh, 81 and London coming out uh, firing threes early on on this one got up uh, 10 points 17 to 7 but Leicester with the last eight points of the first quarter kept them kept themselves in it and then in the early in the uh, third quarter uh, DeAndre Liggins who seemed very hyped for the game picks yeah. up his third foul and you think oh this is this the is a chance quarter, yeah. here for Leicester yeah yeah, um, yeah, it was early in the second quarter. He got his third yeah, foul. Was, yeah, yeah, horrible yeah. call. A horrible call. <laughs> it was like just making the post move and you know called him for a hook, and it just wasn't. Well, it was one of them where he called, sort of went at him a couple of times. You could see the referee on the base. Yeah, like, 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 I'm calling that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was an anticipation call. It yeah, wasn't yeah. quite what, it, what he thought it was, but nevertheless, it did make things interesting. The fascinating game. This is a because obviously the pride involved in relation to not losing the title on their own court. Um, the fact that London have kind of had Leicester's number on that on that floor as well, and the benches and, and the amount of people that played, and you get into the point in the season where but you you have to make some pretty strong determinations as to who can play and who can't um, in these games because it's different playing against the bottom teams to it is playing in the, in the games which matter against your, your direct competitors, and um, yeah, London started off the way that. You know, you like them starting off. They had Parker playing at the four. Um, they, they were shooting threes. Dirk Williams was was active. And um, they they had a scheme on Crandall as well um, in relation to going under the screen and pressurising him with either Liggins or Williams or Okudo at, at times. And that kind of set... Um, set Leicester back a little bit. But London have, have, have a problem in the centre spot. They, they've still not solved their problem in the centre spot. Tawaya has, has, has dropped away. Ali Hodzic is now their best centre, but he got into foul trouble. Mm. Then they came in with Shane Walker for the last two minutes of the first quarter, and he played so well that Vince never put him back on the court. Mm. And I think it was two fouls, no points. Didn't look like he needed. And that was the run that Leicester went on. And we had this strange thing at the beginning of the second quarter of um, London playing with Ward Hibbert guarding Fraser. You know, Ward Hibbert was their five man, and that's not going to be sustainable in the playoffs. Now, I think they got away with it um, in this game, and they also got away with the minutes that Liggins was out the game because Liggins was out the game for the last eight minutes of the second quarter. Yeah. And well, that was never the thing. Really I looked at it. I looked at it, and he goes down, and it was a close game at that point. And I thought, this is the seven minutes here. Because yeah. he's not going to come back into the game in in the first half. This is the seven minutes for Leicester. They have to win uh, these seven minutes. But actually, uh, the first five of them, London kept them at bay. Yeah, they had to dig in at that point. Um, London had to dig in. But, you know, this is, to be absolutely fair, this is, you know, Dirk Williams. Because of Liggins, Dirk Williams goes under the radar. Mm. Um, he's a similar type of player. He's sick. He's long arms. He's a wing player. You know, Liggins monopolizes the ball. But you know, but you know, if, he, if he's Steph Curry, then Dirk is Clay Thompson, <laughs> you know, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's shooting it with 
with virtually no dribbles, no nothing. And if somebody closes him out, he's going to go and dunk it. And he's an outstanding um, BBL fast break player. You know, on, on, yeah. you know he, he gets 10 cheap points a game. And he kind of stepped up for them. Ali Hodzic stepped up for them. Uh, and they, um, as you say, they, they maintained it to the um, to the halftime break. Leicester oh. never really felt quite, I never really felt quite comfortable with Leicester where they were out there. Seemed a little bit tentative. Um Nelson Henry was impacted a little bit. Clearly, you know, they'd come out to really deny Crandall and getting any penetration into the lane. And, that and to be fair to, to be fair to him, uh, particularly in this game, but also on, on Friday, it was a bit different today. Uh, mm. You know, he's he looks a long way from 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 where oh, he yeah. was early in the season. Physically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, he does. He physically does not right. And, and, and that's the reality. But a lot of guys aren't. A lot of guys aren't healthy at this time of the season, but your shooting hands a different beast. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things. It's easy to say, oh, he's, every, he's got a niggle, he's got a niggle. If it's your shooting hand and you're a ball manipulator, then that becomes a problem. Um, so what London did, and what, what you have to do as a, an opposition team is you have to weaponize that. Yeah. You have to, you know, it's it's a weakness that you're aware of and you've got, you can't just, it's not Corinthian spirits and values and, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like anything we can do to make it harder, yeah. which means you've got to make him shoot the basketball and he's not comfortable, he doesn't look comfortable particularly shooting the basketball at the moment for anything outside of six feet. And London did that, but what, what London could also do because of the length that they've got is, is defend with one or two guys, long guys, which means that he doesn't have the um, the angles yeah, necessarily yeah. to make the to make the wraparound passes and all the other things. And also, they scouted them properly. They weren't giving up threes to Corey Johnson. They weren't giving up threes to Connor Washington. They defended the Spanish screen right. And in fact, they did everything that Cheshire didn't do today to yeah. people. Um, and um, the um, and then we get to the third quarter, and it was a London third quarter. Yeah, so let's add a 9-0 run around the, uh, around the halftime break, cut it to 42-41 with two minutes gone in the third quarter. And then it basically became the Dirk Williams show. He, he had 15 points in, in that third quarter and London just ran away with it. Yeah. Well, because of Leicester's, Leicester's defense, which is always, which is basically contest, but don't give up the integrity of your defense challenge. But if you've got somebody who is a shot maker and somebody who gets on a roll, they can score points quickly, mm. you know, and that's what, and the advantage obviously is that he has excellent passes of the basketball, getting him the ball in rhythm. And um, with Liggins being able to defend with three fouls and they got some minutes from Ali Hodzic as well, which really helped them. Um, they started, they got out on the run, they made a few baskets on the run and suddenly um, what becomes 10 becomes 12 and then it becomes 15 and you're thinking, oh, hang on, game's gone. Mm. And it's not. Well, no, first score, full disclosure, I had to take my son to football training and I, I went good. to the third quarter break and I, came, I, got to the, uh, I got to where I was going, put the laptop on. It was a two-point game. Uh, well, but I'm, London... I'll, coach, I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll beat you on that. I was coaching under-12s team. <laughs> the local centre of... And, and um, I had my mobile phone and, it was, and I turned it back on with five minutes to go. Yeah, um, having been up 18 and they were at one, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, so, so I've, I've watched, watched it back, back, yeah. Yeah, I've, watched it back. Yeah. I've watched those five minutes back, and, oh. uh, and they actually had the first score lines, and it was an 18 point game, 68 50. But then Connor Washington just took over the game, he had seven points, he was finding people, he was doing. Uh, he, he was doing every, and Leicester also had all but one rebound in that in the he, first he, four he, minutes. He did, but the defense, you know, the defense gave him the opportunity to do that, and their defense linked into London's tentativeness. 
because mm. I think Nigel pointed out the first, the second possession of the fourth quarter, Dirk Williams turned down a three. Mm. You know, it was early in the shot clock. They were up by 16. He turned down a three and Nigel was like, Dirk, you need to shoot that. And I'm like, yeah, Dirk, you need to shoot that because you can't stop against Leicester. You, know, you, have to, yeah. you, you can't just keep, you know, and what happened, and also they had um, the, the, that to wire in the game and he was struggling. He wasn't getting any rebounds. He wasn't finishing. So, and then he, then they're running back on you. And I thought that the, it was what they got in transition or in semi-transition that really helped them because Connor's threes come in semi-transition. He throws a lob to William Lee. Then he, then they get a, a ball rotation to the wing and um, a second pass down to the baseline. I think Lee makes another layup. And those transition baskets really kind of fuel you as you're going because you, you know you're getting them off stops. It's not the same as... They make a shot and you make a shot and you think you might make a couple and they just miss a couple of shots. They were getting them off stops. And the biggest decision actually Rob had to make in this whole game was whether to bring Gino back in mm. um, with five minutes to go um, because they'd just gone on a 17-0 run or something yeah, like that. And it, and the game was, yeah, and the game was there for anybody. I agree with him. You put your talent on the court. So he did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm a, I'm a fan. I like that decision. But um, what happened was um, London were able to regain a little bit of equilibrium. Dirk made a couple of shots. And then we got into kind of three minutes to go and they just went mano a mano. They just yeah. went, yeah. So, so Dirk, Dirk hit six, six points in a row. And then Anderson hit, hit five in a row uh, for Leicester. And it's 74, uh, 72. Uh, and then really some big shots down down the stretch by London. Robinson hit a three. Parker, the one at the top there, was a big three-pointer as well. Yeah, but they the, the all came from Liggins. Liggins was a point guard at this point in the game. And Liggins had, Liggins had three assists for all of those three shots. Um, the first one was a little pet play they run where they, they split at the top and Liggins, Leicester run it as well. And Liggins threw it across to Robinson. Robinson caught it on the elbow, extended and drained the three. The second one, Liggins dribbled left into what was kind of... A, Parker set the screen, he flared out, he picked and popped to the, the top of the key, drew two guys, Liggins delivered it on on point. The third one, Liggins penetrated hard to his left. Um, Parker's guy in the corner helped off, he threw it to Parker, Parker made another one. There were three, you know, high quality players from, from the, your point forward at that point in time. But the thing was, it didn't break Leicester because Leicester kept coming back. Mm. You know, this is the one thing that Leicester have because of their consistency and everything that they do and how they do it. Um, they don't really get rattled. They just do the same, but they do it harder. Mm. And then um, they made they made shots as well. Um, I can't remember all of them. I, I remember Anderson making one in the corner, and Anderson makes big shots because he's been there before. And then um, obviously Lee made one at the end, which was a ridiculous shot to get them with it back within three. But they never quite got close enough, no. and they didn't get anything at that point. Um, out of Crandall because I, I think he his hand in that, that his hand in certain games is something he can manipulate through a game. But I think in that game it was very hard for him. Yeah. Um, very hard for him. Um so so they I mean Leicester never got the ball back with with a shot to to tie right, or take yeah. the lead. So so it was good a good finish to the game and, and Lions doing what they what they wanted to do, which was at least force Leicester to win it themselves rather than allowing them to have it on their court. Yeah, and they started off making threes and they finished up making threes. And that has to be their identity. They can't change now. You know, that, that has to be what they are. And they're going to, people say, win by the three, lose by the three. But they're gonna, they have to shoot the three. They've got yeah. good shooters. That, you know, they're scary when they shoot the ball, when they space the court that way. Dirk Williams, 10 of 17 for 29 points. And William Lee, a fantastic game as well with 25 yeah. and 11. Yeah. 
Both so actually is. Let's uh, let's go to uh, Thursday night. Cheshire Phoenix eighty five. Glasgow Rocks uh, sixty nine. Um, seven points from Farrow Gordon broke this open with an eleven zero run to lead twenty eight to 14 after the first yeah. play of the of the second quarter Ro- rocks did have a bit of a rally in that in that second quarter um but nick's finished off 10-2 to half time and that that really was pretty much that well you have to look at glasgow and you have to look at gareth thinking well i'm not playing anymore my two americans have gone we're not going to make the playoffs we got seven players and fergus hart who's my eighth player who's not played all season Nice quiet finish to the season. We're going to play Cheshire on Thursday, Leicester on Friday, and home of London on Sunday. Great. How do you how do you handle that? That is tough. So, firstly, credit to, to Glasgow for um, just just sticking in it. You know, they, they are, yeah, they're playing for jobs and they're playing for you know for development and all of that stuff. But it's still hard. It yeah. is still hard. And uh, the interesting thing for me in relation to Cheshire was Cheshire have been a lot had a lot of moving parts recently. And they seem to have settled on the starting five with um, Carey at the three, Hayes at the four, and Jimbo Lull at the five. Um, that might well be their best lineup. Um, I'm not sure that. I think you probably might want to look at switching Carey and Gordon um, because Carey's the energy scorer who can give you that energy off the bench, whereas Gordon is more your facilitator who can help you play through Ross and McCall when they're both in the game. Um, but nevertheless, if that's the way he's going to go, that's fine because they needed to be settled from close to the playoffs. Now, in this game, it didn't really matter as much because Gordon came off the bench and scored. So, you know, you always want a bit of scoring punch from the bench from somebody. Uh, and um, Gordon hasn't demonstrated really that he was going to be able to provide that this year because he's been a facilitator most of the time. Um, but they got that from him. And once once that was, as you say, the game was, to use the phrase, broken open, um, Glasgow just don't have enough. Mm. Um, you know, they play hard, um, but they're not, they're going to wear down. Um, they're getting some good reps. Malcolm's getting some good reps, and that will help them going forward as a young Scottish player. Um, Jack Domney as well is getting to play. He wears down a little bit. He's, he's probably a guy who needs to be at this point in time, kind of the 20, 22-minute block, as opposed to either the 36 minutes or the six minutes, which is very yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but um, he's a guy you think can produce, but I think probably in short spurts, because he does seem to wear down, and, he, and he's his, his quickness is there, but his size is not quite big enough to power on through people. So if you play, if you're a big who plays with quickness, you need to be in the game, make your plays, then you get your blow and then you come back and you come back with that energy again. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, a game that was never really a game after that. Mm. And I gave up about halfway through the third quarter. Yeah, Rocks um, had a, li- a little run in the fourth quarter, but it, I mean, it was just yeah. halving a twenty-point lead to a twelve-point lead or something like that. So yeah, it wasn't. So let's go to uh, to Friday uh, and Surrey Scorchers seventy-eight, uh, Sheffield Sharks eighty-six. I've not written it down, but from memory, I don't think Nichols or Hildreth played in this game. Certainly, um, Nichols didn't play. Um, I think Hildreth might have played a little bit. Or maybe did he? from memory, um, I have to check that. I'll so. Again, full disclosure, obviously I'm, I'm commentating on a Friday yeah. night, so I watch these games back on, on a Saturday. And to be fair, I'd watched Wolves against Newcastle first off and then turn this on. And the first quarter was a bit of a slog. And I didn't know whether that was in reflection of the fact that I enjoyed Wolves-Eagles as, a, as quite an exciting game. And this was six all after five minutes and a, and, and a bit scrappy. It was. Um, and it's 
kind of an identity that um, you're right, Hildreth didn't play. I uh, must have been so, so that's my bad. Um, it's an identity Sheffield are kind of developing a little bit, yeah, on the road, you know. Um, you, you don't get any particular early, you had a game at Plymouth with them as well, which mm. was kind of similar. Um, you don't get much in the way of, as you say, kind of up and down, free-flowing basketball to start with. It's almost like Sheffield kind of feel you out first. And and quite often this season, it's been the downfall because against, you know, up until three or four weeks ago, they'd been regularly ending up in 10, 12, 15, 15 point first half deficits. Mm. And they've got back from some of them and they've not come back from others. Um, they're um, still going down the line of starting Mike Tuck and then kind of bringing Cook on, which I think... It, Fairly quickly, which again appears to be for um, personal appears to be for foul trouble. Yeah. Um, and I think in this game again, from memory, and I watched them again this afternoon, so I don't want to get them trans- transposed in my mind. Um, they again had strug- had difficulty scoring the basketball yeah. once yeah, the did. bench came in, and um, once they went with kind of the Marsden Cook lineup, mm. um, and Nichols is a big player for them in relation to how they space the floor because neither Mars nor Cook can do that and it's very different in this league playing with four guys who can shoot threes as opposed to three guys who can shoot threes you know the spacing the, the help side everything is totally different um, but it was a game which you know to be honest for the first half I thought was there for Surrey to win mm. but then you often think that with Sheffield yeah. and with Sheffield is they, 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 they rarely go away um, occasionally they might get I think they got blown out of Worcester once this season. But other than that, you know, they're a bit like Leicester in that they're methodical. They keep doing what they do. Retino is going to keep putting you under pressure. He's coming off those stagger screens, shooting the ball, putting his head down, getting to the room. The minute that you fall asleep, Helmsy's got 15 points and you don't know yeah. how. Yeah. You know, then suddenly Coke gets a couple of post-ups and then a cheap offensive rebound. And then Lillard drives hard to his left, has two people draped over him and makes a shot. And you wonder where's it all come from. Um, I didn't see much in the way of the level of motivation. I would have thought from Surrey. Yeah, I, I, I don't, it's I know. weird, I just, isn't it? Last it, it, last couple of the game at Plymouth as well was similar in that regard. Yeah, it, um, and, and and as you said, they, they weren't they're not big on bodies anymore. So that they're all getting to play, um, they just looked a bit worn down, and and. That might be kind of an impression from the game because Sheffield wore them down in the game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they did what they did. Macklemore had one of his quiet games, but, you know, Hicks and Lacey James did what they did. Let's, um, let, let's take it through the middle quarters. So Teo yeah. has three three-pointers and an 11-2 run to put them up 38-27. That was the point you were talking about where Sheffield yeah. was struggling to score with their, with their second unit. Sharks then get it back to to four Hicks makes a couple of threes in the last minute just before halftime and they're up 10 and, yeah. and they're still up 10 midway through the third and then Hem- Hemsley has seven of a of a 14-4 run that that ties the game at at 57 and then Scorchers it was their turn to dry up no field goals in the first three minutes of the fourth quarter and and Sheffield have a five-point lead at the end of that yeah and you know you, you compare so, I mean, I don't like just running through stat sheets and, and, and just saying, oh, he did well and he didn't do well on the basis of a stat sheet. But, you know, Bennett Cook has 22 points on 9 of 12 and 12 rebounds yeah. in this game. Yeah. And Amandre Rickman um, has 
six points, four points, and five rebounds in the same amount of time. Mm. Now that's a significant gap because they're, they're, when teams aren't making shots, you want someone who could, you know, Coke's not making many shots from outside of ten feet. No, he's not. So he's so, so they're scoring at the rim from ten feet, really. Mean, yeah. So so he's got you know maybe you know nine out of his twelve. You know they're going to be at the rim, yeah. and they'll be second shots, and that wears you down as a team. You know that really does wear you down defensively because you might be getting stops. But they're getting rebounds. There's at least a two or three eager offensive rebounds on the weak side where they defended, and he's able to lay it in because he's bigger and stronger and longer. Five offensive rebounds in the game, and they just squeezed the life out of them. I thought, yeah, I did as well. And three minutes to go, Sheffield up seven. You think this one's this one's pretty much done? But then Sheffield uh, did a good job of trying to get Surrey back into the game, turned the ball over a, a couple of times. Teo. Uh, got them back to to a three point game, and actually Hicks had a had a three pointer to to tie with a minute yeah. to go. Yeah, it doesn't um, go in. It kind of rolled around as well. For yeah, me. yeah. And um, down the other end, did Lillard make a play? Yeah, and then it so it's then seventy six eighty one, and then then our our favorite play of the entire season. Forget COVID year. This is the year of five second violation. There was another one in in, in this game that. I mean, they were still down five at that point, so it's not. It wasn't like it was definitely going to happen from there, but um, it certainly wasn't going to happen after that. No, no, um, yeah, and, and as I say, you expect just a little bit more desperation, but this time of the year, it's hard because you know everybody's been involved for so long mm. that it, it's the mental wearing down of, of losing games, and you know these are teams that have you know we're talking about sorry, it's a team that's you know, lost probably three out of every four games it's played all season, if you take the cup competition into account. Um, certainly two out of every three games in the in the league. And and getting yourself up for that and getting yourself, you know, fighting to stay for an extra week to play the top team in the playoffs. Mm. You know, that, that's a real mental discipline that, that you require. And people think, oh, well, these are professionals. That's what they should do. They should all be doing that all the time. Yeah, and in their head, they are. Mm. But... You know, it's still different that extra five percent getting yourself to that point whereby if you if you don't have the belief that you're going to be able to succeed, you know, sticking at it right till the very end. And I think Sheffield are just beginning to pull that together, just mm. beginning to pull that together. They've got their eyes on the fifth spot, they may have now clinched the fifth spot. Mm. And then they've got their eyes on Newcastle because obviously they beat Newcastle twice in a row in yeah. um, in, Newcastle. in Newcastle in a week in, in, in March. So I think they, you know, so that kind of impetus of belief, that injection of belief in them, which is thinking, actually, you know, well, we've been through, we just might have a way through this. Yeah. And, and at this point, they could, them. Still, they could still reach forth as well, was the, right. was the other thing at that point. At this point Although, yeah. given given they're all uh, neutral venues, fourth and fifth doesn't really make any difference no. uh, in the way that it might have in the past. Uh, so let's go to uh, Wolves against Newcastle. Worcester 92, Newcastle 87, no Defono Anderson. I really enjoyed this game. I was watching this Saturday morning. The threes going up at either end. It was up and down. There wasn't much much in it. No fouls called. Wolves didn't get a foul for the first 16 minutes of, of the game. It was just up and down. You score, we score. Yeah, it didn't get many stops either. No. Um, no, it, it was a pleasing. Yeah, you know, far as it was pleasing. You know, what you tend to find is that the, the, the pleasing games on the eyes for the neutral are the ones that are um, hair, dra- hair grabbing for yeah, the coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because for every positive... I, I, I was enjoying it thinking, I bet you Dave's got a different view to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was very much um, 
kind of an end of season up and down game whereby everybody was playing, that everybody was playing hard, but nobody was kind of getting to that point of doing the extra, doing the little bit extra that you need to do um, to, to kind of separate yourself. And in games like that, you separate yourself with defence. You know, you don't separate yourself with offence because, you know, all those guys can shoot. Kimball can, Kimball's making shots left, right and centre. You know, Sayers has gone, gone ballistic in the first quarter at the other end. Uh, and um, both teams are running what they run and neither team is really getting in the way of each other. Ultimately, I thought Newcastle failed, well, getting into it, um, I thought they failed to separate themselves um, when they had the chance in like the second and the third quarter. Mm. And they allowed the Worcester guy, particularly beginning of the third quarter when Jordan Williams wasn't in the game and Johnson Thompson was in the game for about seven minutes. And their inter- interior defence, I don't think, was anywhere near good enough. I don't think Worcester's interior defence was good enough either, but they have an excuse because, well, I suppose they didn't have, Newcastle didn't have to fall, Worcester didn't have parks. Mm. Um, but neither team really guarded on the perimeter the way you would like. I mean, if you're, if you're Newcastle, you don't want Kimball getting all those shots. Right. And then in the fourth quarter, if you're, if you're Worcester, you, you see Matt Newby on the sideline when they go under a screen for Fletcher and he drains a three and Matt Newby's like, you know, what, what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, and then it got to the end, yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was actually a flurry of threes in the fourth quarter. Kimball, Wilkins, Williams, Fletcher, Kimball, Kimball, uh, yeah. and and that was the bit from from a, I think it was a tied game at the start of that. The Wolves ended up nine points up, eighty eight seventy nine. Uh, yeah. At that point, you thought they they were going to cruise it through, but then Boutnet with the with the unsportsmanlike and Gordon right. hits a three and uh, a minute. 15 to go and it's it's a three-point game yeah and i'm trying newcastle uh, firstly kimball made those threes because kimball had been had been getting shots he wanted in the game early in the game and then the the shooters like wilkins got their threes because you know they were spacing the court well and newcastle didn't really trust their interior defense and over helped a little bit so Something like Jordan Williams can kick the ball out. He's got nine nine assists or 11 assists or something like that. He can throw the 11 assists, so he can throw the ball to shooters. Now, there's a reason for that. It's because he's got 11 assists because you're not confident that you can stop him one-on-one. And that's, again, that's, you know, without default, who's their best defensive centre. But it also speaks not very well of their rotations because, you know, Jordan Williams shouldn't be having those assists. Maybe hockey assists, whereby he throws it to somebody who throws it to somebody else. Yeah, if he's getting the assist that off directly off kickout, he's getting those assists just on the one pass kickout, and those guys are being able to lock up and line it. They're the best shots to shoot. Mm. Now the play with a minute and a half, I can't remember the play with a minute and a half to go. I think it might have been Edwards uh, um, attacking the rim, but I remember I don't think Fletcher got the ball, um, and I was expecting him to get the ball at that point, uh, and I think. Um, Newcastle missed it. Maybe went into a foul game after that. Well, at the end, um, it's a three-point game because of the uh, the three from Gordon. Yeah. And then Kimball makes a good defensive play, knocks the ball loose with about thirty seconds to go, uh, and comes up with it. And they go yeah. down the other end. And then there's a foul called against the Eagles, which they called on Fletcher. And there's no way it could have been on Fletcher. There was probably a foul in there somewhere, but. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It couldn't have been on Fletcher from from where he was, but it was his number shown. And then Boutnick makes two free throws, and that's, that's yeah. I don't know if it was a deliberate foul or not. I'd be surprised if it was a deliberate foul. Yeah, there was enough time to get the ball back. 
Um, but after that, you know, those guys, you know, Martin Bownex a very, very solid foul shooter at the end of games. You probably want to foul Kimball after what happened at Sheffield last week. So <laughs> yeah. it was a yeah, it was a good game. I mean, there was a subplot to it, which was that you know, these two teams might have ended up playing in the playoffs. Mm. Um, so I thought that was interesting as well. But the other subplot to it is, you know, in relation to Worcester, they probably need Anderson and Parks to, to give them a real shot at the top three. Yeah, in relation yeah. to Newcastle, they certainly need Defoe to give them a real shot at the top three. And they, they because they're the defence, you know, against Glasgow, like the week before, they now lost against Glasgow and against Worcester wasn't good enough. You can't be giving Jordan Williams 11 assists out of the post. You know, have to do a better job somewhere along the line in stopping that. So let's go to the Sky game on Friday. Leicester Riders 93, Glasgow Rocks 67, although the final score doesn't really tell you the, the story of the game. Um, William Lee had a bit of a hip problem from the game on Wednesday. He was suited up, but he didn't he didn't come on court. But Leicester, probably because of their scoreboard, I should imagine, Leicester come out, uh, Heron outscored the Rocks on his own in the first quarter. He had a, he had a great first quarter. Um, 14 points. Johnson made a couple of shots. Washington made one. And Leicester were, were cruising through that opening quarter. I watched um, <laughs> I watched the first quarter of this game. I watched the third quarter of this game. I watched a little bit of the fourth quarter. And if you can tell me how Glasgow scored 32 points in the second quarter, <laughs> having watched that, I, I, you know, I didn't watch it back. I didn't. I should have watched it back, but I didn't. I, I, if you can tell me how that happened um, and explain it to me in words of one syllable, um, then, then you're a better person than me because they they were struggling to get a look at the basket yeah. in the two and a half quarters that I watched. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know they chucked up a lot of threes, and Johnny yeah. Johnny can get going. Johnny, 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 I can't get to one syllable, but I can get to two. Bunyan uh, yeah. made a couple of threes, uh, and they were, they actually had a sixteen six start to the to the second quarter. And Leicester just looked a little. I don't know. I don't, nervous is probably not the right word for it, but they just looked a little bit spooked in those middle two quarters. Yeah, I think certainly in the third, the third quarter was pretty dire. It, it was awful. You know, it, you <laughs> it, know, was, it awful. was pretty dire. You know, I mean, the, 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 you, know, we, you were thinking, you know, actually there's a little bit of vulnerability here on behalf yeah. of Leicester. But Glasgow are utterly um, uh, incapable are not put together to exploit that vulnerability. But that said, that little bit of vulnerability may have been there because Leicester knew that Glasgow weren't there, weren't weren't able to exploit them, you know? There's a different focus, you know, they, they know, uh, yeah, I've talked to players in the past and we, we've had a number of games like this in the past and they always say how hard it is in those games just to keep mm. going because you know you can get to the rim when you need to, you know you can make a play when you need to. There's a, a difficulty in almost being as precise as you want to be you might take you might throw an extra pass or or you might not just get to the spot you went to because you're overthinking it instead of just playing because you're actually not being challenged you, you kind of now that's hard to Glasgow because Glasgow obviously there they are challenging them but they are physically overmatched with Leicester in every single position mm. you know every single position is a physical overmatch and in most positions there is a skills overmatch as well um so the best chance Glasgow have is to you know space the floor make a few threes that's the reality of it. And and to be fair, Johnny Bunny and Fraser Markman put up 25 threes between them. So I think they kind of figured that out. Um, but I don't think, why did you say that they, look, they, they, they were looking a little bit vulnerable? I don't think there was ever a prospect that they would lose that game. I think no. their coach may have thought there was a prospect that they would lose that game yeah, yeah. because that's what coaches think. But, I, you know, you were just waiting for it to 
for Glasgow to wear. And on top of that, you have to figure in the fact that Glasgow played the night before. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, as well. So, so run out. And what they didn't need, what they didn't need uh, on the at the start of the 70th minute in two days was uh, one of their own coming coming out in the fourth no, quarter on fire yeah. and yeah. going going for 11 points in the first uh, three or four minutes of the fourth quarter, Ali Fraser, in a 13-2 start, and that was that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's always interesting because there are cheap points. You know, you can get cheap points in the league. You know, I don't mean that harsh, harshly against Ali Fraser or anybody else. But, you know, the, the guys who have been around a bit know when they need to be putting up their numbers. Mm. You know, they know when it's their turn. As it were, you know, and then uh, Ali made a couple of jump shots, and there was a couple of slips to the basket for basically uncontested layups on um, on screen and roll stuff. And Glasgow just didn't have the the scheme or the bodies to to compete with it. But he's doing what he's meant to do. He's doing his job. That isn't ten of thirteen. What I will say about yeah, yeah, thirteen. What I'll say about this ten game of is thirteen. That, yeah, Shooting. I was I was a little bit fearful for Leicester out of this game coming up to Sunday's game because of. Heron and Fraser, because mm. I thought Heron and Fraser may come in, not so much Fraser, Heron in particular, I haven't had that start, may come into Sunday finding it a slightly different kettle of fish. Mm. And that can sometimes throw a player off early. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm. Heron finished with 26 and a 10 in that game. Let's go to uh, the other game on Friday. Bristol Flyers 75, Plymouth Raiders 96 and this is where I get to have my rant. Normally I sit here listening. I watched this back yeah too. I haven't seen it cuz I couldn't see it anywhere. This was the thing right. you put it out and I couldn't find it on uh on Synergy. So I'm going off I'm going off the play by play. So I defer I found it on their website. It was on the website. Oh, I didn't see I couldn't see it. I went on the thing I couldn't find it. I was most annoyed that I, I know that uh, <laughs> I, I can give you the play by play, but unfortunately I didn't actually see it. I well, I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you, um, basically both teams. Um firstly Teddy wasn't playing for um hmm. Bristol and um Ocherobia, Mike Ocherobia wasn't playing for Plymouth. Hmm. And that actually made this a far more offensive game than it would have been if either of those two players had been playing. Hmm. Because it meant that um Bristol were left with a kind of a wheelchair Mockford backcourt, and um Plymouth were left with a Hamilton neighbour front court with Beastie playing a few minutes as well. So the rotations kind of were were reduced on both teams and the um and, you know, you would probably say that Ocherobia is one of, you know, he's a clogger, so he's a defensive player, clogs up the middle. And Teddy is a, is a tempo controller and um, a defensive guard. And without those two players, both teams went and played. You know, the spacing was, was there. I don't think there was a stop for about four and a half minutes in the first quarter. And eventually the reason that um, Plymouth pulled away with this was because less, um, Bristol couldn't guard them. They couldn't guard the spacing. Um, Bristol, I think Plymouth went for 60 or 59 points in the first first half, something like that. And um, with Hamilton, Neighbour, and then Morsell hitting shots and Porter Bunton getting involved and with kind of no non-shooters on the court at any point because the, the only guys they've really got coming off the bench are Beastie, Dusha and Sentence. Mm. You know, the spacing, just the, 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 the Plymouth looked like they were just having a heck of a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and they have this ability because it, because 
Hamilton and Neighbor are so versatile that they can both go down low. So they can they can jiggle it around and, and beat you both inside and outside. Bristol with Wilshire running a point were more fluent and they were going faster. They were attacking the rim. The locket was going. They were playing BBL basketball, which they haven't really been doing most of this season. They've been playing a lot um, slower, a lot more methodical, a lot more systematic. And it actually helped them, I think, um, because ultimately you've got one point guard, the ball's in Wilshire's hand, you're going to play at his tempo. And that meant that that kind of freed lock it up. So he was saying, well, Wilshire's shooting that shot. I'm going to go. And and um, they became a lot more perimeter-based, a lot less kind of dump it in and, and hope the big guy makes a shot. Uh, and that's and kind of stayed close. But Plymouth have a little bit more defensively. McGill was the best guard on the court. And ultimately, um, they couldn't stop them. And by the time it got to the end of the third quarter, I stopped watching. Yeah. Well, I mean... The play-by-play, I stopped looking after the uh, after the twelve zero run in the second quarter, which uh, Morsell yeah. had seven of. And they well, we'll see. Is that you know, the, 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 you know Morsell is really fitting there now, really fitting because he is shooting the ball from the corner and, and he's playing more efficiently, and it will be a major um, precursor to their success in the playoffs if he stays out of foul trouble in those games, because um, when he stays out of foul trouble, they got so much everywhere else that he's kind of the one guy people are tending to forget about. So let's uh, let's go to Sunday, the one that's given me and Dave a migraine trying to keep track of uh, everything that's, that has gone on today. Uh, we'll start with the two three o'clock games because they couldn't yeah, spread them at convenient. half an hour intervals like the WBBL did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even ten minutes, even ten minutes would be nice. <laughs> you could get the half time. You can watch one during half. You know, ten minutes, fifteen yeah. minutes. Jesus. Plymouth Raiders 79, Sheffield Sharks uh, 76, no Nichols, no Archerobia. And again, a bit of a stuttering uh, start to this game, as we said with the previous uh, uh, Sheffield game. It was um, it was actually Plymouth that struggled in the first few minutes. They were, uh, they were down 10-4, but the Raiders then hit 10 in a row to lead 14-4. And it was pretty even for most of the rest of the first half. Yeah, they came out. I thought they came out flat, Plymouth, but I understand why. I mean, in reality, Newcastle's defeat at Worcester meant that they were pretty much guaranteed third. Um, I'm not absolutely sure about pretty much. And um, they're coming off a game where they'd basically made everything at Bristol. And, and, and what you tend to happen is, you know, you regress to the mean. The shooting doesn't always stay the same. You know, there's this myth of momentum, which is, oh, we shot the ball really well last week, so we're going to shoot it really well today. It doesn't work like that. Numbers make it. Numbers mean it doesn't make like work like that ever. And but players sometimes think it will, not consciously but subconsciously. So you're you're just a little bit different. And suddenly the first two, you made four out of five last week from three, and then the first three don't go in. You think, why is that? I made them last week. Well, that's because you're still shooting 50% from the three-point then you're doing pretty well, you know. But don't expect those numbers not to, at this point of the season, not to not to regress to the mean. And they started off a little bit like that, and, and they are relying on their shooting now without the um, without Ocherobia, you know, and they're relying on their guards to be aggressive. And they also Marcel got hurt, I think, in the second quarter, um, which kind of also took away from the... Um, not badly hurt. I don't think he kept playing, but he wasn't playing at the end, which also took away from um, their, their rhythm a little bit because they're not quite the same um, with the lack of depth that they got. They don't have Ubiaro to come in and they don't have uh, um, 
the extra big as well. Um, Sheffield, what is Sheffield again? It was the same. It was, you know, kind of methodical, consistent. Um, rarely blow teams out. Don't score that much in transition. Run their stuff. Kind of hang around in the basketball game. And you're just waiting to see, you know, how much they're going to hang around and how far yeah. they're going to get. The um, question really is how far back do they do they get? And in this one, Raiders hit the last seven of the first half and then uh, a couple of threes early in the third quarter and they were up 13 and they, they were looking comfortable until the last couple of minutes. And then uh, then yeah. Sheffield just turned the dial up again. You got Lillard and Hemsley and Rotino and, and, and they made it a game for the last couple of minutes. Yeah, but here's the thing. They kind of do it by stealth. Yeah. You know, they don't even do it in a kind of a, a blur like Leicester did at London, where it was like a 17-0 run in four minutes and yeah. everybody's jumping up and down and, and, and they're scoring off their defence and they're running. Sheffield, it is, it's, it's kind of, you know, suddenly they're down nine, you think, oh. And then, then Plymouth miss a couple more shots and they're down seven. Oh. And then bang, Hamley's three-point play game on. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're a four-point game. It's happened in, happened in the games in Newcastle this year that I was at. And it's happened regularly in other games. They don't blow many teams out. So, um, yeah, they hung around and they got right to the end. And again, you know, five-second violation. Five-second violation. So they, uh, Lillard had an M1 and Hemsley had an M1, but he missed the free throw. Yeah. Uh, and then McGill makes two free throws. So they've got possession of the ball, advance it to the front court, down three, can't get the ball in. It's amazing. It's astounding. Um, Hemsley, again, the point guard's putting the ball in. Um, and again, that's the second, I think the third time this year he's, he's failed to get it in. Um, I just, you know, maybe there is something in the, the kind of the overcomplication theory that, you know, you've got so many people running off so many areas, ultimately to the same place. There's only two, two or three spots you can go to, mm. um, that you don't really need to be that complicated. Certainly, certainly, they don't appear to be doing it to run a play. You know, it's, it's more about getting the basketball in. And there's only two places you can get the ball. Well, three places you can get the ball into really at the top of the key or in, in the corner. That's where it's going. And you're not unless you're running a lob play. Um or actually we we once ran a um, wall play at um London City Royals where Kai Williams made a three with three guys set up on the other side of the key mm. screen. Kai Williams spun off to the far corner of the court and Fab threw in the ball and he made a three with 10 seconds to go a tie. But that doesn't happen very often. Mm. So, you know, what you'd really want, I, I, I'm wondering whether it, it would be more sensible for two for two guys just to go away. Yeah, just to yeah. go away and stay away. Have your big screen down for your guard. Let your guard get the ball and then your big steps to the ball if, if, they, if they double on that. Mm. Um, but at the moment, you know, this one, again, it was a, there was a, there was a cross cut. There was a, a kind of a, a, what we call a Leicester cut, because what Rob's done at Leicester for probably five or six years, where the, the guys start on the far side of the court and they come out and they spin. One, the first one goes down to the corner on the curl. Second one comes up high. Then the, um, the big in the middle screen, down screens for the other guy. And then the big turns and catches the ball. And so there's like four options for you there. But if you're not used to passing and if you're not used to putting it in and you've only got five seconds and the guys don't start moving until you've had the ball for a second, then you're counting off these options and your time is running out. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we used to, I hate to be over simplistic. We, had, uh, we used to run something called box where the four guys basically stood in a square. One guy screamed for another guy and the guy came and got the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that kind of worked. But well they still you know, had a they still had a downside chance of pulling that time out. 
the, yeah. yeah, they still had a chance of it because uh, McGill made some yeah. uh, free throws, and it looked like um, it looked like Shepard had took too long. But Retino then hits uh, hits a three. They foul uh, Porter Bunton straight away with four and a half seconds to go. Mm. Uh, but he goes one for two, missing the second, and there was a yeah. really good rebound outlet. Like they yeah. didn't waste any, didn't land or anything, just caught, threw it out. And um, and Hemsley was in full flow and actually would have got a pretty good look at it, but he kind of lost the dribble or bobbled yeah. the ball a little bit before he got that, that last shot up that would have tied had it gone in. Yeah, I mean, the first thing was that Retino's shot was a special shot. Mm. I mean, he, he, you know, he didn't force up the first one because it was 10 seconds to go. He got taken away from then he dribbled to his left and he stepped back and he made it. Um, and then they got their quick foul and they fouled the right guy because Paul Button's probably the, most, the, the flakiest as we saw against Leicester. Um, Hemsley had Lillard in the corner as well, uh, wide open as well. So I'm not quite sure where Plymouth's free throw line defence was because, mm. you know, again, you can't be giving that up. You know, the, the Hemsley shot that shot with nobody in front of him. Mm. Um, he's not really a guy who's made that many kind of shots off the dribble, off the run. He doesn't really make shots like that. He tends to be kind of a set-your-feet guy, get get them off kick-outs or get them on off swing passes. Um, so it probably wasn't the greatest shot for him. But if you had to live with a shot from three-point line to tie a game with four seconds to go off of missed rebound, off a missed foul shot rebound, I think you would live with that one. Yeah. So, yeah, they got lucky. Uh, Plymouth got lucky because they should have closed the game out better. And uh, as I say, this, this foul line defence is coming back again. You've got to be able to defend your own foul shots. We got lucky as well because it gave us about a 10-minute window before the uh, 5 o'clock Overtime would not have been popular. <laughs> it wouldn't uh, before the uh, 5 o'clock game. So let's move on to those 5 o'clock games and we'll start in Glasgow where it finished the Rocks 68, the Lions 73. And huge team news uh, before the game in that Callum Mortimer wasn't available uh, for the Rocks. <laughs> Oh, and also oh, there was no Liggins, where Tawia and Robinson as well for London. Well, yeah, I mean that probably says a little bit about Glasgow. It probably says a little bit about what Vince was going to thought was going to happen in Cheshire. Um, you know, and it says a little bit about the remarkable length of the Lions payroll. You know. Um, which goes to your second Microsoft Excel spreadsheet for the first time <laughs> in BBL history. Um, you know, so, you know, HMRC has twice as much work to do with the Lions <laughs> as with anybody else. But that means they've got players who haven't basically played and Vince can keep them happy. So Kingsley Okoro comes in, plays very well. Um, Jordan Spencer comes in, still struggling. And the other guys, and, and, and London's, basically London's second string with kind of part of their third string. Um, I think if Vince had a real, if Vince had realistically thought that Leicester would lose that basketball game, he wouldn't have took that team up there. Mm. Um, but uh, because that team is a, the team that played for Lions today is a sixth, is a six to eighth in the league team. You know, that, that is not a, a championship team, but they had enough to beat Rocks. Um, Rocks credit to them three games in four days. Um, stuck with it. Um, I think they were helped a little bit by um, London and the lineups they had because the London's lineups were out of sync a lot. You know, these are guys who've hardly played, who are now playing big minutes. 
Um, I thought Walker again didn't look ready. He, you know, he's he's really disappointed me recently because he should be higher up in their rotation than he is. And I think he was a minus twelve or minus fourteen in this game, and Okoro was the opposite. Mm. Um, Okoro was big, mm. uh, serious in BBE. In, in, in you know, I'm, I'm struggling to think of any bigger in the past few years in, in our league. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, he uses his size quite well. He obviously, you can only beat certain things if you are that size. Um, but he may well have been a little bit underplayed this year on, on what he's on what he's provided today and what I've seen. Mm. Um, certainly as kind of Tawe has been wearing down. But um, they actually nearly lost this game. Well, this They're is... We might as well, so, so, so uh, Rocks look like a team playing their... their their four, uh, third game in four days with seven yeah. players yeah, uh, and just looked completely out of it. And, mm. you know, Parker was comfortable. Ward Hibber, you already mentioned Okoro played really, really well. They're 20 up. This is game over. Yeah. Uh, and with six minutes to go, there's still, it's 50 to 69. And then out of nowhere, yeah. Malcolm, Hart, Quedi hits a three. It's an 18-2 run. And they get it back to 68-71. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, the Rocks might win the title for Leicester right here. Yeah, and there's you know, and this is the thing, these are this is players who basically haven't had their ball in their hands all season at crunch time for London, you know. So you're relying on people who are your your sixth, seventh, eighth option. And then suddenly you're asking them, oh, I need you to make plays. And so you gotta try and, that, and the, the reason that Rocks went on the run is because London couldn't score the ball. Mm. Um, and you know their only kind of true scorer on the court was was Dirk Williams, mm. um, who is you know doing a bit of you know Atlas style you know world on his shoulders at the minute, um, and I won't, I won't, probably wants to ask the question as to why he didn't get the night off as well. Um, but they got to the point. I think it was a five point game when they got when Malcolm had a wide open three, mm. um, which um, he back rimmed and came out. And even then, I think London turned it over and, and Glasgow went the other way and, and, as you say, got it down to three. But they never quite got it to the point whereby they were, they had a shot to, to, to kind of tie or to get level. No. Um, London went back down and Ali Hodgic uh, had that had the score that took it to yeah. five and then the Rocks took too long on the offence and missed the shot at the end of it. Yeah. There, there was a brief well, no, window there. Yeah, there was. Malcolm's three. When I mean, Malcolm lined up to shoot that three, my, my immediate thoughts were, oh, dear. What's going to happen if he makes this? Because if he makes that, then, then it was a two-point game with about a minute and ten to go, yeah. and it was all on. You know, yeah. at that point, it's anybody's game. Um, but you have to get within. If you're a trailing team, you have to get to the point whereby you're in a position to tie the game. If you don't get within one shot, it doesn't matter how good your comeback is. You're not there. You're going to be fouling at the end, and you're most likely going to lose. Mm. And uh, they did lose in the end by five. So that meant Leicester had to win the title for themselves. So we go to Cheshire now. And Leicester did win the title for themselves and won it quite comfortably in the end. It finished Cheshire Phoenix 65, Leicester Riders 97, a fifth league title uh, for the Riders. And, and, and you could see if there was any queries in the middle quarters on Friday, there was none of it in this one. They were bang on it right from from opening tip really Leicester yeah firstly um, congratulations to Leicester you know, that's they have been the most consistent team um, throughout the year or certainly throughout the league season um, which is what we saw the league season is decided on um, they didn't win the league in this game they won the league in the last 34 seconds against Plymouth 
Mm. Um, they probably won the league in a couple of games. London played it against Sheffield and when DeAndre Liggins didn't want to play against Worcester. Mm. Um, but mentality is a big part of winning the league. And so little things that happen over the course of the season, which aren't to do with your talent, but are to do with your mentality. Yeah. They, they win your leagues. Yeah. And, you know, Leicester are not operating on a, on a budget close to what London are. Probably Plymouth. I, I, I say that out of a degree of speculation. Mm. Um, but I have a fair idea of what I'm saying about that. So for them to, um, to kind of stick it out to the end in the way that they have, um, it's a massive achievement. They all deserve an enormous amount of credit for that. It takes me back to I think, when, even before I was involved with the Eagles, when they played against they had Everton Tigers. Mm. Everton Tigers had been taken over by Everton Football Club and had you know serious money behind it and some exceptional players. But the, kind of the, the 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 team, the ethos of the Eagles actually kind of overcame that talent of. Andre Smith and Richard Mitchell and all those guys mm. at Everton. And it seems to me it's been exactly the same this year. You know, it's, it's there's, yeah, there's a lot of talent on the Leicester team, no question about that. Um, but on a, you know, they don't, on a game-to-game basis, it's been their approach and their willingness all to, to kind of buy into what is going on every week, not just 10 weeks out of 11, not just... Um, when they're feeling great every single week that's kept them going and ultimately they end up in this horrific situation and it's a horrific situation because I've been there whereby they go they all go to bed last night scared stiff because they've played for eight months seven months and it's on one basketball game mm. and that is a <laughs> a fearful situation to be in because you know in, there are so many things in your mind that can go wrong, particularly as coaches, mm. that you're thinking about, oh, what if he can't make a shot? What if he can't make a shot? What if the ref blows a call? What if this guy slips and falls over? You know, the game could be over like a shot without you knowing and suddenly your whole season is gone. And it's not the same as if you're in a cup final. Because if you're in a cup final, yeah, you've got the, the you've got the season to continue afterwards. Mm. Um, but both teams are in the same position. Yeah. You're, where, where you're at, We it only happened to me once. It was 13, 14, and we had to beat Birmingham Panthers and Surrey Scorchers on the last weekend mm. to win the league. And if we lost one of those games, Sheffield would win the league. And I was terrified. I couldn't even go at the Birmingham game because it was my son's birthday. I had to watch it on StatCast. I've yeah. never been as wound up. Yeah. 56-56 halfway through the third yeah, quarter. Yeah. I've certainly never been as wound and, up. And, and, and Birmingham were winless that season. Birmingham were winless. <laughs> and, you know, I've never swore. You know, I don't swear much. Yeah, I've never yeah, swore yeah. as much in my life. Yeah. I had my dad sitting next to me, holding my arm to keep me calm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we, we, we drove down to Surrey the next day. And um, Flannoy and McLeod will forever tell me that I, I spent the entirety of that game hideously overcoaching a 45-point win. Mm. You know, about because you're desperate about, well, he's got two fouls, but we're up by 25, Dave, it doesn't matter. Oh, you know, yeah. and because the what's in your head is that this can all go wrong. And it's not a yeah. question of it can all go wrong over one day. We've worked so hard and we can't yeah. get there. So that's the background to it all. And and people don't understand what, what those guys and what Rob, what Pablo, what those guys have gone through mm. in relation to that, you know, in relation to the the, 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 the the dread in relation to a game like that. But the Leicester guys, to be fair, showed up mm. um, from the beginning. 
I think they were aided a little bit by the, the Cheshire's scheme. But I mean, let's be blunt, the first play of the game, Gino split a double team and dunked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a statement of intent. That's not, it's not just making a play. That is a statement of intent. And then they, they spent the whole first quarter shooting open threes or dunking it, yeah. basically. Um, I can't contemplate what less, what Cheshire were thinking about in, in, in high hedging the screens and not going under the screens because Gino shot the ball five times in the game. They were all at the rim. Mm. Because they were kind of going over the screens and allowing him to get downhill on the big guy. Mm. And that's not what Leicester had done. That's not, sorry, that's not what London had done. That's not what um, Newcastle had done successfully when they'd been challenging him to shoot the ball. Well, they never challenged him to shoot the ball once. So I was perplexed by that. Um, I thought Cheshire showed a little bit of fight early and, you know, the Cheshire starting five showed, can score the basketball. Um, I thought Matthew Bryan, Amaning, Amaning was horrible when he came in. I thought he, that changed the game a little bit um, because Jimbo Lull, I thought, was pretty good. But Matthew Bryan was like minus 10 in four minutes on the court and over four from the field and just took them out of their rhythm in what they did. And at that point, um, everybody in Leicester was there and Jamel was knocking down those threes that sometimes he hesitates to take. Mm. You know, and he wasn't messing around in that game. And again, I go back to the game that they beat us in, I think, that to win their first league title or the first recent one in probably 15, 16 which was at the year the arena opened. And um, that was a tight game all the way through the fourth, all the way into the fourth quarter. And um, it was the end of the season game, basically. Whoever won it would win the league. Mm. And we lost Scott Martin, Andy Thompson in the first half to injury. Tight game. Jamel Anderson made the shots, made, made a big three in that game to break it open. He came out, made the shots again in this game. And basically, it was like, you know, it was almost like... Cheshire hadn't been watching what Leicester were running because they ran whatever they wanted. They got the, the screen roll for Gino and Darian. They got um, Corey Johnson shooting threes off the Spanish screen. They got anything that they wanted. And I'm kind of happy for them that um, it was comfortable. I hope. I know it's very difficult because it was the same for us. At, um, it's sorry, because we won that game by about 40. Um, I hope they actually enjoyed the last kind of quarter I hope Rob just. I hope we just. I hope we just took a step back and just thought, yeah. I sent a tweet out with five minutes to go that there was only one person left in the world who could see a way for Leicester to lose this game. Yes, and two minutes later, three minutes later, he he put in Wild and uh, and Headley, and I was like, now now it's down to zero. (laughs) Yeah, and here's the thing. Yeah, it's not bad actually. I like that. But that's exactly how I felt. Sorry, five years ago. Um, we can lose this by 30 down. These are, yeah, I can't yeah. remember who was playing for so it was it, American it, Actually, just... a similar story to that. Uh, when Leicester won their first title in uh, 2012 13, yeah, um, they had uh, they'd beaten Newcastle, I think it was on a Wednesday night, and then they yeah, had that was, a, a, that was week... a cleverly scheduled game, yeah, yeah. And they, um, the <laughs> they at the weekend they had Durham, who was second from bottom at home, yeah. and Mersey, who were winless and bottom. Uh, away last yeah. two games and they needed one win out of those two and obviously I'd spoke to Rob a few days before and he was he was worried about the weekend Durham yeah. played really well last time they were here yeah. yeah. and Leicester similar sort of thing got up early they were cruising this game they were 20 something up uh, with about five minutes to go six minutes to go and Durham hit like about three shots in a row and they'd had a little run and cut it down to like 16 17 Rob called the timeout went ballistic in the thing because he could see the defeat coming nobody else in the building could see it coming but 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 
That's how you win leagues, isn't it? It is how you win leagues. It's you have to be remorseless, you know, and you have to be relentless, and you have to see dragons around every corner. Yeah, you know, and and, and, and often those dragons are around your own team. Yeah, you you have to see you have to know your own team as much as anybody else. You know, and you know your it's you know yourselves, know your opposition, know your environment. Yeah, those three things, and the advantage that. Leicester have, which I think has really borne them in good stead this year, is the advantage that we had for many years of having been there mm. and understanding that and understanding the the mentality that you need and understanding the pressures that you come under and how to absorb and, and work your way through those pressures. I mean, you know, that Plymouth game... They should have lost that Plymouth game. Yeah, and that was the game. This that was, was the point I was about was to make league. here. Sorry, go on. Is is it shows watching all these games, you really see the sort of little sliding doors moments within the season. Yeah. So, yeah. if Leicester don't turn the ball over to Dirk Williams in the first game against London, they probably won the they probably won the title a week ago, and they've got the last yes. three three games off. If they don't force Plymouth into that turnover. They probably yeah. lost the title by, very by, by now, and 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 it's those sort of little tiny moments in seasons. The Manchester game at home that they that they could have lost. The lost, Worcester yeah. game at home that they could have lost. The Sheffield game uh, at home. That they, there's so many little things that actually all of those have to slot into place that's to right. win a league title. And and that's I mean I got into a discussion on Twitter today about the league versus the playoffs and whatever. And, that is why the league is much, much more difficult to win because yeah. you have to every week have all of those things go your way. And and some of them you can control, not all of them. You know, you can't control whether uh, Brandon Anderson makes a shot on the buzzer or, 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 or not. Injuries, you can't control injuries. You can't you've got control to Gino them. going down and missing yeah. a few games and, you know, all of those things. But the, the bits that Leicester could control, they did. Yeah, and in many ways, you know, losing in the first round, I mean, when they lost in the first round of the trophy, I kind of had them ticked off the league. Mm. And um, because I thought their focus would be on the league, they hadn't won, they'd lost in the cup, they lost in the trophy. And that, I mean, their record this season is probably the same as London's, if you look at it game by game. Yeah. Um, all the games. Um, but it also works conversely as well, you know, and, and you know, there is basketball karma. There are gods, you know, and... Um, London won the trophy in eight minutes into a game at Newcastle on the Friday night. DeAndre Liggins got two ridiculous technicals. Mm. Justin Robinson at that point was injured, wasn't yeah. playing. Um, on Sunday, they played they played a Worcester team who were under the weather themselves mm. and had all sorts of dramas going on. And they lost those two games. You know, so that works as well. You know, yeah, it's that yeah. consistency of approach. You you can have individual meltdowns, but they can't continue. You're going to have yeah. games you don't make shots. You can't have spillovers. And they had a spillover from that Friday to that Sunday, which lost them two games, which meant that, you know, that wasn't a physical spillover. That was a, a team um, coordination spillover, chemistry spillover, whatever it was. We don't know. We weren't there. Mm. But they, they lost two games they should not have lost. Mm. In those, in that way, they gave up 110 points to Newcastle, and then they scored 72 points against Worcester. 
And that will not be because of the talent on the court. That will be because of whatever was going on. Yeah. And it's avoiding those traumas and it's avoiding that stuff and navigating your way through the season um, and dealing with everything you have to deal with and the player of the month curse and, and, and players getting a little bit above themselves and all of that stuff. You have to deal with it all. Yeah. And that's why I'm happy. I'm happy they won it easily and that they didn't end up... Um, you know, afraid to the afraid to the death for it. You know, I'm, uh, but I did say I think I said about four weeks ago if they had to go to Cheshire and win, they would win. They would, yeah. yeah because yeah, you know, a team or a team who needs to win is always going to find a way of winning. Mm. Um, and they did. So congrats. And they did, yes, congrats. And Rob Padanostro with his fifth league title, he now moves level in second place overall uh, with Kevin Cadle. Uh, yeah, he's getting a bit too close for my liking. <laughs> Fab Lenoy first with seven. Yeah, a couple of assistants, coaches, yeah. medals as well. Um, let's uh, let's move back to the to the battle for the last playoff place, and we'll start in Manchester. Manchester Giants eighty-one, Bristol Flyers uh, eighty-three. This was a really tight. I mean, obviously, we're watching three games at the same time, but this one, every time I was looking at it, the scores were either level or very, very close to it. It was a really tight game. This, yeah, it was, and, and as I said, it didn't really catch my attention in the first half for that reason. Mm. Insofar as um, you know, you were really focused on the Leicester Cheshire game because um, obviously the ramifications of that. And every time I kind of looked at the third screen on, on Bristol Manchester, it was a two-point game or a three-point game, and you really couldn't get much of a, a much of a feel for, for what was going on. Other than Bristol, again, were playing the same way that they had on Friday night. They were pushing the ball. They were playing freer. There was less um, hesitation stuff. Um, there was less... More aggression from Lockett in particular. The guards were shooting the ball more open, more um, quickly. Um, and Wiltshire was again run, trying to run the team at kind of his speed, which I think is sometimes this season his speed's been different to the coach's speed and different to Teddy's speed. And that can create kind of a schizophrenic situation. And I think without Teddy there, that, that makes it very simple. They're going to have to play the way that Wiltshire plays. Mm. Um, and then it got, as you say, it got to the second half and it kind of got my attention because there was a lot on that game. And to be yeah. fair, both teams, um, you know, and I was a little bit worried for Bristol because on Friday night I was worried that they'd tuned the coach out and they basically they did down tools by the end of that game um, or by the end of the third quarter of that game. And so you're always wondering what they're going to come back with, you know, and to be fair to them, they, they absolutely came back and um, showed a tremendous amount of stickability in that game. Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, I agree. Uh, Cassell had that little spurt in the uh, third quarter and the Giants get up. 56 47 and i thought oh this is it here the giants yeah. giants are going to do this aren't they and, and and i thought likewise with bristol that they were just going to melt away but credit to them even though the giants stayed in front until until the last couple of minutes that they hung about to to give themselves a position to come from yeah and this is kind of you know i talk a lot about wilshire wilshire's a, a, a a really interesting point though because the, the games he plays where he demonstrably has a basketball, they, they, they play to a certain tempo. They're all the same. He, he has this rhythm about his game uh, whereby he's going to come down, they're going to do this stuff, they're going to, he's going to take the same shots, doesn't matter what the score is. If he's open, you can shoot it there, you can maybe drive here, um, maybe you know, run a screen and roll there. And because they're playing that way, they're all in that rhythm, it meant that they didn't go through any droughts. You know, they still got they still got shots at the right time. And you know, I remember the, the first game we played at the Eagles Arena, he beat us. 
Um, it was one of the, again, he was playing for Plymouth. I say he beat us because it's one of those games whereby we kind of try to put them away and put them away and put them away. And he just wouldn't let them. And then he made a couple of threes on our rookie, Carl Williams, at the end because we had some injuries. We couldn't have the right guy guarding him. He made a couple of threes and suddenly the game's gone. And you think, hang on, they were never really that close. But because he was always ticking them over, they were there. And it was one of those games. And um, it actually turned probably about three minutes to go in the fourth quarter on a missed yeah. foul shot and a rebound. Yeah, yeah. And if you remember, um, I think Bristol were um, Bristol were down four. Maybe Del Pesh missed a, missed a foul shot. They, they, got the def- they got an offensive rebound from under the rim. Threw it back out to Wilshire. Wilshire drained a three. Mm. So it's a one-point game in, in, a mass, in a massive like five-point swing. And at that point, you just felt the momentum was in um, Bristol's favour, particularly as Manchester Johnson had fouled out, and he, his his indiscipline has hurt them all season. You know, he's very been very good on the court, but this game he was one of six fouled out. They needed him because he's probably their most athletic player in the most in Bristol have a number of athletes on the court. Um, and um, what? Mark, Markford made a couple of threes late on as well, which which, which put them oh. in front. Then Whelan hits three free well, throws. made a dagger three in the corner. Yeah, he did. He, he made did. an absolute dagger three. Yeah. Um, but that was off a transition, off I think off a bad Cassell. It might have been a bad Cassell three or something like that. And they got transition, and they um, no, it was Cassell drove down the middle. He didn't get. He didn't get a call. He. Um, Remonstrated with the officials whilst he was yeah, remonstrating yeah. with the official because uh, Mockford right. was running to the corner and it was like a secondary break. I think it went through somebody else's hands as well, maybe Lockett's hands. And Lockett found Mockford in the corner. Mockford drained the three, and um, that's Ben Mockford's shot, you know. And, yeah. and that's that, that discipline thing, you know. Ultimately, it's the last player that you know, last two minutes of the game, you've got to be able to handle that. And then, um, but then, yeah, then, then Bristol committed a dumb foul if it was a foul. I don't know if it was, but Lockett fouled Whelan. Um, Whelan made all three. He did make all three, and then um, come come down the other end, run some clock, and then Delpesh scores, and it's a five point game. Yeah. Um, but then Manchester come down; they've got to go quick because there's only uh, uh, under forty seconds to go. Cassell makes a ridiculous Cassell shot. Cassell makes a Cassell shot, doesn't he? And yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous nice. shot to his right. Two point game, and you think, oh, still not gone, it's still not gone. Um, uh, they foul them, don't they? they no, they got to stop. They got to stop, and then so Cassell comes down, and they're down two, and he he sort of ran yes, round of and then Sorry. went went back out to the three point line yeah. and took another ridiculous shot, yeah, yeah, but having shot. just made one from the very same spot, sort of thing. But this time it didn't go in. Yeah, my fault. I had it in my head that was a shot to tie. That you're right. That was a shot to win, and um, yeah, I mean. It's tough, you know, you've had the ball in his hands all season. He's made so many of those shots. Um, it isn't going to anywhere else. No. If you're looking at, looking at it. Well, here's the thing. That, that, that is Manchester's season, isn't it, right there? Yeah. Is a, is a, is a, I hesitate to use the word bad shot because it's his shot. That's, what, that's yeah. what he makes. But for anybody, any normal person, that's a bad shot. And, you know, it goes in and they're probably in the playoffs. It comes yeah. out. And they're done. And and that kind of, if there yeah. was a way to end Manchester's season, that was it really, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose you're right. And, and again, uh, they have, it's it's a shame because I was actually kind of rooting for them. Mm. And because I, I think they have a little bit more, I think Bristol have underachieved. Mm. 
at, at you know ten and twenty or eleven and nineteen or whatever they 11 are. Eleven and eighteen. They are. Eleven and eighteen, and 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 I think Manchester actually, given that they're basically a new organisation, mm. who've brought a coach in, you know, two thirds of the way through the season, they swapped their coach two thirds of the way through the season, have had two Americans go home. Um, you know, Ulf has been outstanding. Amazing, yeah. You know, yeah, I, you yeah. know I, I can't, you know, if I had a man crush on basketball player, it would probably be him. <laughs> um, and I know he's a prison boarder from Liverpool. Almost, almost a triple-double if you separate the rebounds. He had, he had 11 points, nine offensive, nine defensive. But it's not, it's, it's just his energy around yeah, and his yeah, ability yeah. to jump off two feet and, and, and the positive, the absolute positivity he gives. He's a guy, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite chuffed with the kind of prediction I made when Brady went saying I didn't think it would hurt them. Mm. So I don't think it did. No. You know, I think, you know, I think Brady was, a, was an emotion filler, a space taker. Ulf is the opposite. Ulf gives you 75% of that, but with none of the problems. Yeah. And to do that, coming out of Division One, holding down the job, doing what he's done, um, you know, he hopefully he will be in this league for a long time, and hopefully he'll get, you know, he'll be able to concentrate on basketball um, because his just everything about the, he he kept that team in that game today mm. with his offensive rebounding. Mm. You know, they don't get those second shots; they're not in that game. Yeah, and he does, he's not one of these guys who gets an offensive rebound and then tries to go and dunk it against three guys. Mm. He'll get an offensive rebound, then he'll throw it back out again, and then go, and then they'll put a shot up, and he'll go and get it again, again, and yeah. go and get it again, and he'll go and get it again, and that's a you know at six eight and, and someone who can do that, um, that's a skill. That's not just hard work. That is a skill. If everybody had that skill, they would do it. So I was kind of rooting for him a little bit, um, but you know the ball bounces the way the ball bounces, and, and the yeah. basketball gods are you know ultimately if you if you don't have the discipline to get back on defense in transition because that Mockford three was another. Was their season the transition three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't have the def- you don't have the um, discipline to stay on the court when, when you need to be on the court, and that was Johnson, um, who's done that multiple times this season. Then those things bite you, and eventually yeah. you get hit. Yeah, yeah thirty-three game season they might have got there, but they fell just short in a thirty-game season. Well, Bristol weren't qualified for the playoffs at that point. They needed Surrey to lose as well. And of the three games that were going on simultaneously, this is the one that uh, I had least uh, uh, view of, simply because Eagles got 18 points in the first six minutes, were up 10, and appeared to be cruising throughout the whole game. Yeah, I watched a little bit more of it than you, I think. Um, Yes and no. You know, the the Eagles have been cruising through a few games this year, and then you look at it and it's a five-point game. Yeah. And you wonder how, you know, it's happened on multiple occasions. It happened again today. Again, it was it was kind of the same story. Sorry, we're um, again without Hildreth. Um, and, and I know Jeff on the mic wasn't sure if he's just if he's if he's left the team or if he's injured or anything like that. We just don't know. Um, and they were also without Casho as well. So um they were struggling defensively, I think. And then obviously the biggest problem with, with um, Newcastle is you have to contain Fletcher and Edwards. Mm. And it was one of those games Fletcher went for 34, and nine, 34 points and nine assists. Yeah. And um, Edwards had nearly had a triple-double, you know? 19, nine and eight. And that's, and that's you know, great from an Eagles perspective, but it's also slightly concerning from an Eagles perspective because you, you're looking for where's the, the, where's the rest, where's everybody else. Um Surrey hung around. Kalen came in, made some threes in the second quarter, which kind of kept them close. 
But even in the third quarter, they never quite got that close. And it was, again, it was only in the fourth quarter as for, for about four minutes in the fourth quarter, it had the same look as Newcastle's game against Manchester, where Newcastle had been up 15 and then it just fell apart. Mm. And, you know, Fletcher had gone for 30 points in three quarters and was mm. beginning to wonder when someone else was going to actually make a play. Um, but Surrey didn't quite have that kind of schwad de vivre. They didn't have that energy that Manchester had about them. And, you know, they looked like a team, or certainly um, a group who were weighed down by the season, to be honest. Um, they they lost their discipline a little bit at the end, got some daft technicals. Well, they lost their discipline quite a lot at the end because Macklemore had made a couple of threes and they had got it down to... to to five points and I, I yeah. can't remember was there about 40 seconds to go or something maybe yeah. a bit more than that's that that's right yeah suddenly there were Creon got a tee Kalen got a tee got kicked out of the game and it was all I mean it didn't look like they were going to restart the game at one yeah, point it just yeah there's obviously been a little bit it seems to have been a bit going on um, during the game between uh, between all of them I know there was Jeff was there's some suggestion that I uh, a floor wiper had got a tee instead of the Surrey bench at one point. Um, be, I'd be, I know Chris Dodds went to check that out and I, I'd be very surprised if Chris um, didn't have a good reason for giving someone a tee because he doesn't give people many, he doesn't get many tees out. No. Known him for 20 odd years, so refereeing and watched him referee, he doesn't really um, give them out unnecessarily. Um, so yeah, but again, that's a discipline thing, isn't it? You've got to give yourself the best chance to win. You know, you can get if you're going to get those technicals, you get them when you're down six or seven or fifteen yeah. seconds left, really, and the game yeah. is absolutely done. I mean, your whole season's on the line. Yeah, you know, don't you know, don't 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 quit on don't quit in that way. Um, the Surrey Walsh again, impressive. Um, really carved out a niche a little bit like Ulf. Um, like like Ubiaro before he became a James Bond, um, <laughs> you know he you know they they really carved out a niche for themselves in their ability um, to be meaningful players in the league. Wheeling as well at Manchester, we should say too, um, have all kind of taken a step this year, which is good. Obviously Hildreth has, but Hildreth is not going to be here for a while. Mm. Um, we've got to find more players like that. We've got to find more guys like that um, moving forward. Um, hopefully less European guys and more British guys, um, but not losing the kind of the quality of the of the Americans that we've got to make the league better and better. Um, so yeah, credit to him. But sorry, but well, 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 Hicks was all okay. Hicks was good, but he wasn't as good as Fletcher. That's probably the game. Yeah. Um, you know, if you got a guy who goes for another thirty-four point nine assist game in the game. Um, you know, I mean, eventually, you know, you can, your team has to win one of those games. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that brings us uh, almost to the end of the uh, of the league season. Uh, the standings are actually pretty much uh, complete. Leicester first, London second, Plymouth third, Newcastle fourth, Sheffield fifth. You might see the table tonight, which will have Cheshire above Worcester, but the head-to-head is in Worcester's favour. So when the final table is done, Worcester will be sixth, Cheshire will be seventh, Bristol will be eighth. The one place still to be decided is between Manchester and Surrey in terms of who finishes ninth and who finishes tenth. They both have one game left to play. They both, they both have. I'm sure there's millions of pounds in the order of where you where you finish yeah. in like the Premier League. And, and Glasgow. Give it. <laughs> Glasgow finished last. So so that will do it. So because there is um, a few games next week, but they have very little uh, 
very little riding on them. Dave and I will come back. I've twisted Dave's arm that we will come back and we will touch on those games a, a, a little bit. We'll give a cursory glance towards them, but perhaps not the full on uh, Monty that we normally go through on a Sunday night. But we will use that time to look forward to uh, the playoff matchups rather than go through them all now, because obviously we've got a new format and everything to discuss how that might impact on the head to heads. But, um, well, it, it's been quite a manic end to a manic season for myself and Dave. We've consumed a lot of basketball over the time, but the, but, but the, but the end line, like the teams, we can see the playoff final is not too far away, Dave. Yeah. When I, when I retired last year, I promised my wife, you know, obviously I'll have more family time. <laughs> Thank you. I think she's beginning to feel she's been done. Yeah. Um, but now now that you're a star on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and many other places, YouTube. Well, you know, both of us, let's be, let's be fair. <laughs> so let's not be too, um, too egotistical about this. But yeah, exactly. I, I think, I think the, the, um, the general surprise and approval that I was, that we actually bothering to do something like this. It lasted about six weeks. I think now it's something about, <laughs> I've got some games to watch. But um, no, it's been fun. I hope everybody's enjoyed it so far. We'll do the playoffs um, and, um, and and figure out what we're good at and what we're not good at and see if we can refine it in future. I think that's probably the best way. That's probably it. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next Sunday. Goodbye. Goodbye.